At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. So glad you could tune in and multiple ways you'd interact with us here on the program. Give us a ring, 201-939-4513. You could also hit us up on Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. A reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. And Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar, new and improved. Zero never tasted so good. He is Jonathan Casillas. I'm Lance Meadow with you here for the next 60 minutes as we'll get into what is pretty much a busy time, Jonathan, even though the season's over. You got the Senior Bowl, you got the Pro Bowl coming up this weekend, then we're going to shift gears to the Super Bowl. It never ends, and you could attest to that being on and off the field. Oh, yeah, of course, but for players, the players are off. Yes. The players are done. That's one facet There's only two the teams family. right now that are working, you know, sure. talking about their players, and everybody else is relaxing, taking vacations. Some guys are getting ready for the Pro Bowl and, and, and the Pro Bowl games and stuff like that. A couple of guys from the Giants are getting ready for the Pro Bowl. I'm excited about that to see what type of activities that they got in the Pro Bowl. But uh, this is Joe Shane time. This is uh, management time right here. Coaching time. You know, this is uh, people think the coaches get a lot of time off. They don't. The coaches are working 24-7 right now for prospects, for for, uh, individual guys that's on a team right now that are up. And then also, you know, uh, potential other, you know, guys – throughout the league that could be possible Giants next year and then also the guys that are seniors and juniors that are eligible for the draft this year so it's definitely a busy time I remember uh, my senior year in college this was a very anxious time for me you know coming out as a young kid because don't know your future you don't know where you're gonna go sure you know you don't know if you know I had a senior bowl invite but I was hurt and there's a lot of things that go into it but as an NFL player this is the time to relax and chill and then you know and then you only thing you really worried about is watching a Super Bowl game. Where am I going to watch Super Bowl game at as a player? That's the only thing you really worry about right now. Except, of course, if you're a member of the Eagles or the Chiefs, right. they actually have slightly more important business to take care of. And we'll get into that as well as Jonathan's points about what scouts are looking for around this time of the year. But speaking of the Senior Bowl, our very own John Schmelk is in Mobile covering those events. And we bring him on the line right off the top of the show here. John, how's everything on your neck of the woods and your end? We're doing good. I am ready to break down the Pro Bowl balloon toss. Well, that is going to be some enticing. Okay. You, you didn't hear about the balloon <laughs> toss? You, you're, you're not amped up about that? I don't know what that is. What is that? <laughs> well, they're having an overall competition amongst the players where there's points that are allotted for different competitions. You know, this is the new wave of the Pro okay, Bowl. Okay, I didn't know anything about well, that. You know, you got to catch up on these. Yeah, I do. Here, I do. Yeah, yeah, you're you right know. about that. We're, we're going to expect a full breakdown from you. Later okay, on the I'll check it out. I'll yeah. check it out. I've been on my game today. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into that, John, let's start with Joe Shane spoke to the media yesterday, and I know he was asked yeah. about Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, and not that he gave away any state secrets, but it seems as if Barkley, the talks are underway. Daniel Jones, it's more of a wait-and-see approach, seemed to be the major takeaway from that. 
Yeah, you know, you know I, I think they, you know, he talked about previously how they had, you know, Saquon mentioned how they had spoken um, earlier in the year around the trade deadline too. So, yeah, I, I think they've they've had those conversations, and we'll see if they can work it out. I think, you know, that's a tough nut to crack. But Saquon had a great year, and they'll have to try to figure it out and what works within the Giants' salary structure, and then what works for Saquon. And you know, I think Saquon wants to be back. I think the Giants respect him as a player. They think he's really helped them win games this year. They would want him back, but can they make the math work? From a business perspective, then Daniel Jones, you know, uh, according to Joe Shane, they haven't started that process yet. And again, I think that's a that's a tough one too, because you know the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, in the NFL get paid, and the question is how much. And that's going to be a tough negotiation too. The Giants only have one franchise tag to divvy out. I'm sure they prefer not to have to use the franchise tag at all if they could avoid it, because then you can spread that money out around a little bit more creatively instead of having all that money going into one year. So those are things they'll try to figure out. But I think definitely, even though I'm in Mobile Hill, you know, watching prospects, I think you know most Giant fans are rightfully and understandably so thinking about free agency more so than the draft right now. Does that mean anything that they're they're more in talk with Saquon instead of Daniel Jones? Does that what does that mean? Does that mean anything, Lance Schmelke? Does that mean anything? that no. they're more in talks with Saquon even during the season, and then talks with a guy that we know is going to be here because I don't know if we know. If Saquon's going to be here, you know, I mean, is that an indication of that? No, I don't think so. I, I think it's just a matter of the fact that, you know, Saquon, the, the, the talks, you know, did go on during the season a little bit. And I look, Daniel's number is, is just going to be much higher, and, it, and it's a much bigger contract. I think it can look very different based on how you want to do it. I could see it being a short-term deal. I could see it being a long-term deal, depending on, you know, how Daniel wants it structured, how the Giants want it structured. I think there are different ways to do it. Um, and I, I just think that is, you know, just a, a much bigger process, and I think they'll wait for the right time to start that this off season. But I'm sure they'd like to get it done if they can before you get to that period, which I believe happens maybe the last week of February, Lance, when or maybe the first week of March, where teams can start putting those franchise tags on players, and they'd like to try to have as much as it's done. Uh, before then as possible so they can use that tag appropriately if they have to. Well, and also I think from Joe Shane's perspective, it makes sense if you could have Daniel Jones on the books since that number is larger, as you pointed out, you have much more flexibility and a better idea of how you can operate with the rest of your finances entering free agency. If you have him locked in, whether it be at the tag or whether it be on a short-term deal, not to say that Saquon having him locked in doesn't help you but I think Daniel Jones is far more critical because we could be talking about in that 30 million dollar territory much more so than Saquon yeah or more you know depending on on, you know what what Daniel and his his agents want so yeah 100% I just think that the the size of that number and just you know the impact of the quarterback position and whether or not you have somebody there and how you're going to operate I think all that is impacted much more by than by the Daniel thing than the Saquon thing so for me, and again, that's just the nature of, 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 of the business and of the sport of the position. So, you know, yes, I, I think they will try to get that done as soon as they can. But I, I don't think it's going to be easy. You know, whenever you're dealing with those big numbers in the quarterback position, you know, go back to, you know, and I'm not saying it's going to go this way, but look what happened when Kirk Cousins, you know, was with Washington and they couldn't figure it out. You know, doing multiple one-year deals with Minnesota and then he got the multi-year. So there are a lot of different ways this can go. And I think once they start those negotiations, we'll have a better idea of, of how they're going to turn out. Now you have Lamar Jackson, Jimmy G, uh, Geno Smith, Mike White, Cooper Rush, Taylor Heineke. I guess the upper tier would be Lamar Jackson, of course. Jimmy, you could kind of probably fit him up there because of his you know experience and his longevity in the NFL. Now let's say if Lamar Jackson gets signed right away in terms of you know free agency, that March 15 date. Does that set the bar? You know, I mean, is, is that – is that something that'll be good for Daniel Jones? You think? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how you know what the comparison is. You know, Jones doesn't have the pelts on the wall like like Lamar Jackson right. does. But I think whenever you have a quarterback sign for more money, that helps you. You know, and yeah. I think we could have a Joe Burrow extension coming here too, JC. I think we can have a Justin Herbert extension coming too as well. Right. So I think those you know those are things too that I'm sure his agents will try to use. But again. I think if you're the Giants, you say, well, you know, Joe Burrow's made it to, you know, made it to a Super Bowl. Look at his numbers. You know, Daniel hasn't been there yet. You know, done those things yet. So I think all that is is part of the negotiation. And you know, you mentioned the quarterback market. Don't forget the two guys that could be traded this offseason. Derek Carr from the Raiders is a guy that if he's not traded, he could be let go, and he might be on the free agent market, right? Who knows what kind of money he's going to get? He's due over forty million this year. 
And then, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the Aaron Rodgers saga. So, you know, there are a lot of quarterbacks being juggled this offseason. And with recent retirements, Tom Brady again, go back to Drew Brees, Matt Ryan's on his way out, Eli and all that stuff. You know, there are just not a lot of quarterbacks available that you would have confidence in starting. So I think I think it is a bit of a player's market in that regard because there are going to be so many open spots at the quarterback position this offseason for these guys to choose from. Well, and that's more of a reason why I think the Giants need to think about that if Daniel Jones does receive interest elsewhere or maybe they yeah. want to give him the transition tag. We've talked about this on the show, and they say, hey, go out, see what the market has to offer, and then we always have the opportunity to match. That could be also another approach with respect to the Giants, depending on what plays out the next few weeks. I know Joe Shane touched on a number of other things, and one of the interesting things, at least from his lens, is – John, at this time last year, right, they went through the process of bringing in Brian Dable. Coaches are getting used to one another. Brian Dable's trying to orchestrate his staff. Joe Shane's learning the ins and outs of the scouting department. Now you move the calendar forward. I mean, they're in a completely different situation this year in terms of familiarity, the process. It's not to say that they weren't organized last year, but it really is night and day what Joe Shane and company are going through with respect to the Senior Bowl compared to where they were at this time last year. Oh, my God. Joe Shane had just been hired, Lance. I mean, yeah. We were out here with Joe Shane at the Senior Bowl. He didn't have – all he had was the staff left from when Dave Gettleman was here. He hadn't hired anyone else yet, and he didn't have a coach. <laughs> I mean, but sure. The coaching search had just started. Like, it wasn't even like, like well into the coaching search. Like, it had barely begun at that point. So – yeah, I mean, he would. They're way far ahead. They have. They have had their staff, you know, evaluating these people the way Joe Shane wants them evaluated during the fall. So he has all his reports. You know, Dennis Hickey's done a good job, kind of stepping in there as the you know director of college scouting. Uh, so they're pretty happy, I think, with with where they are, and they certainly are far much further ahead uh, than where they were at this point last year, for sure. And I think they have a great idea, Joe Shane and and the staff of the of the New York Giants. They have a great idea of what they have in this building. And they establish culture. They understand the guys that they have in the building that basically followed their culture and and the guys that all brought in. That's what they had questions of the year before. That's why I felt like they didn't uh, uh, pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option because there was a lot of questions on, on him and basically everybody on the roster. You know, there was questions about Saquon's health. A lot of questions got answered this year, which was huge. Yeah. And, and I think they're in a lot better position as in management than going into this free agency period and this offseason than they were last year. And I think that looms well for the future for the New York Giants. No, 100%, Jonathan. And look, they have – and I'm sure if Joe Shane, by the way, could go back in the time machine and pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option, he would. <laughs> Unfortunately, that, that technology does not exist at the current time. Um, but, but you know what? I, I thought it was the right move last year. We talked about it on the show a bunch, Lance, where – you know, it, it was prudent for them not to pick up that fifth-year option, but now after this year, you wish you had. That's that's what happens. Uh, but yeah, look, and I, own guys and bringing guys in from the outside too, because you know that's an unknown situation. You don't know exactly what these guys are. You know, you know what Saquon is. You know what Daniel is. They've been in the building. You know what Julian Love is. You know, next couple of years, you know what Dexter is. You know what Andrew Thomas is. Uh, you know what Xavier McKinney is. You feel good about bringing those guys back. You have no doubt there. Once you start going outside the organization, there are a lot of unknowns pop up, and you don't exactly know what you're going to be getting. Well, and that goes back to when Joe Shane and Brian Dable spoke at the end of the season. He used the term, John, known commodities, and the fact that it's a little bit easier to roll the dice with players currently on your roster because you're just operating with more intel, which leads you to believe that they probably want to build upon what they already have in-house. Not to say that they're not going to look outside the organization, but there's a big pro him being around this building, interacting with Daniel Jones, interacting with Dexter Lawrence, Saquon, seeing these guys up close and personal as opposed to hearing through the grapevine how they operate and so forth. Before we let you go, John, one other thing that obviously I wanted to bring up, A, there's, I know, a change in terms of Jim Nagy in terms of the structure of interviews this year with respect to the formal ones and the informal ones. And I know tonight is going to be another, I believe, set of interviews between scouts and teams with prospects. That was the first thing I wanted to bring up. And the second thing is they're going to have another 90-minute practice session today. And who at all do you think perhaps stood out or is improving their stock down in Mobile? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they have they have formal and informal interviews here at the um, at the Senior Bowl. As somebody's car alarm right next door says, decide to start going off. I apologize for that. <laughs> but um, yeah, they have they have formal and informals here. Uh, the formals took place, I believe, on Monday night, and the second set of them uh, is tonight, where they kind of bring guys in. They give certain players to um, to coaches to talk to, other guys they have scouts talk to, and they kind of run it down that way. And those have been ongoing. Um, in terms of players, look, I think we've had some guys on the offensive line play well, especially on the interior, like Osiris Torrance has been very good. Steve Avila from TCU's been good. I've been happy with those guys. A um, couple, Jaden Reed, wide receiver from Michigan State's been good. Um, Xavier Hutchinson's been solid. I think he's done a nice job um, over the course of practice. So, yeah, there's been a number of guys that have shown out, and I'll be back, uh, flying back tonight. So I'll be on with Howard tomorrow, and I'll give a really uh, full recap of exactly what guys have kind of done well um, here at Senior Bowl. Sounds good. He is our very own John Schmelk down in Mobile covering the Senior Bowl. Enjoy the final days of the festivities and uh, safe travels back to East Rutherford, New Jersey. Thank you, guys. See you tomorrow. You got Thanks, it. Smoke. Sounds good. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's the latest from the Senior Bowl. And I want to piggyback off of some of the things we discussed with John before we open up the phone lines at 201-939-4513. And that is some of the comments that Joe Shane mentioned. I think you brought up an interesting question, Jonathan. Should we read too much into Joe Shane saying that conversations are underway with Saquon as opposed to Daniel Jones? And I would echo the sentiments that John mentioned. I think that it's a little bit more complex with the quarterback more so than the running back. And, you know, Saquon even mentioned, if you recall, when he was in the locker room before they met with the media and parted ways for at least the offseason, that he's realistic in yeah. terms of right what the market's going to be. He understands he's dealt with his fair share of injuries. He understands that the market value of running backs has drastically changed with teams turning to the draft more often than not. So perhaps that's another reason why it may be a little bit easier. And this is just my own personal opinion, not to say that I have any intel of maybe why things have already gotten underway with him as opposed to Daniel Jones. Yeah, and and look, I, I, I've known Saquon. You know, I got a personal relationship with him. I think he's a very confident young man. And there's nothing that in me that believes he doesn't think he's the best running back in the league. <laughs> well, if he didn't, I'd say there's a problem, right? right. I mean, you want to have that confidence. You know, and that sure. number for, uh, I guess, McCaffrey is $16 million. So if, if if they haven't had an agreement yet and the Giants have said, Quan, I mean, that's probably the number that he's looking at, and I'm pretty sure the Giants aren't coming nowhere close to that. You know, so I, I guess that's why it's probably taking so long. And, look, I hope they figure this thing out because I think we all want – Saquon to be a New York Giant, if not only in the immediate future, but forever. You know, him retire as a Giant, and hopefully that he stays healthy, knock on wood, you know, because he's a one of the best backs in the league. Like I said, if not the best back in the league, I think he's that talented. I think he's that good. I look at this coaching staff. I look at Dayball. I look at Wink. I look at Kafka. I look at all the position coaches. I feel like they did a good job, in, not only with Joe Shane bringing in guys, but also developing guys. Sure. And I feel like you don't really see that a lot at this level. You know, there's not a lot of uh, like technique taught in the NFL. It's just really not. You know, they don't <laughs> well, spend no too time much. For it, really, right, they too, don't spend right? too much yeah. time on it because it's game planning basically every single week. X's and O's, teaching the defense, running over the plays and running over the nuances and, and different things that re- you know requires in the offense and, and, and defense. And it's just not too much technique taught. I feel like this year we watch guys develop in front of our eyes. Daniel Jones got tremendously better this year. You know, and I think we saw that from day one when you know Dayball kind of snapped on snapped on him against Tennessee, and he checked him right away. And 
man, we didn't really see a lot of mistakes from Daniel Jones throughout the year. And you can even say when they brought in Isaiah Hodges, he was a rel- relatively unknown guy, practice squad up in Buffalo. He ended up being a really good player for the New York Giants. Richie James, I feel like he's improved this year. And you can go out, Cordell Flott, a lot of the younger guys developed this year and got better. Dexter Lawrence took a huge jump this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he been, he's been pretty good. He was dynamic this year. You know, so I have the utmost confidence in not only Shane that they're going to bring in the right guys that fit their culture and what they want to do here, but they're going to be able to develop some guys that are young, maybe guys that are playing in the senior bowl right now that's going to be on this roster in a few months, you know, and because they, they got a lot of time with them now. Now they know exactly kind of what their culture really is because at the end of the day, Dayball was in different places, right? He was working with different men. <clears throat> now he's working with these coaches and these players. That's a single identity and different from anything that he's done before. Like you don't bring over exactly what you've done before, especially because he's never been a head coach. So this is new for him. This is a new thing for him. This culture that he built last year with Shane and all the coaches and all the players in his building, this is a new identity, but now they know what it is. It was a big question before. Now they know the guys, at least they have a better idea of who fits into the culture that they established last year. Well, to your point, the foundation has been established, right? Both Mm -hmm. within the coaching staff as well as within the front office. That's why we were talking about it's really – so much different than where they were at this point last year because there's that organization, there's that comfort level. And as far as your point about developing players, completely with you, and I think that needs to continue moving forward. You need to continue to tap into the skill set of the various draft classes, not just the most recent one. But I think also it's a product, Jonathan, of getting those young guys on the field this past season, right? You've been on teams that are made up of veterans, and it's hard for, I mean, even... A second-round pick maybe coming in to see the field other than special teams. Unfortunately, due to injuries, they were maybe forced into yep. accelerating that. But when you look at the snap count breakdown for this season, what you see is those guys got a taste of the field, meaningful snaps. And that, to me, is extremely beneficial moving forward because now you're not coming into the spring saying, I wonder what we have in Cordell Flott. And I'm using him as an example because you brought him in. Right. Sometimes you go into year two, the rookie class or some members don't play that much. So the following spring, it's still the evaluation period. I think you're a little bit ahead of the curve as a result of these guys seeing more field time this year. The guys that were healthy. Sure. Because that list of unhealthy guys might be longer than the list of healthy younger guys on the team. And I think that's something that the Giants have to address this year. Maybe it's something that they're doing in, in sports and nutrition over here. I don't know. Maybe it's the turf. I don't know, but they got to get those numbers down in terms of injuries and guys that were on IR. I would think is one of the highest in the league, especially for the younger players. And then you throw Sterling Shepard in there, a couple older veteran guys that basically missed a good amount of the season. So not only I think you got to keep these guys healthy, but also you got to add depth, you know, and, and that's something that I talked about uh, last week's show and, and also on Tuesday uh, with Paul Dottino is that the Giants need depth, you know, in every position. And the great thing about having – I mean. Is, you know, it's good and bad about everything, but I say the the good thing about, you know, taking from the injuries that they had last year, it was a lot of young guys that got valuable experience in crucial games throughout the year. It wasn't like in, in pickup time or end of the game, sure. blowout when time. It's a this was like a lot like of young guys were starting games, yeah. playing as a third nickel, third corner, you know, coming in really early, playing a significant amount on special teams throughout the year. And not only do you, you know, you have confidence in the player, um, the comp- the player has confidence in himself, but the coaches have now confidence in that player. That maybe that he's not a starter, but he's a backup. Backups are so important in the NFL because number one, backups a lot of skill positions in the the medium skill positions or the big skill positions, which are like linebacker, tight end, safeties, those positions like that, play special teams. And the Giants have not been good on special teams, especially this past year. That's where depth comes in at. You need quality backups that are only play special teams, but if something happens to your starter, that they could come in and you don't miss a step. Because as Thomas McGahee has always talked about, I like to bring this up, he refers to special teams as the gumbo. Yep. And right, every year he's making a new gumbo, or I should say every week he's making a every new gumbo, week, right? Every week, okay. especially with the with the how the injuries were going this year. Yep. This guy up, Xavier McKinney missing time, this safety down, this guy up. You know, and, and that's the, the difficult task of being a special teams coach in the NFL because, 
you literally don't know what you're working with you know who's until basically yeah. game day, you 100%. know, because yeah. I don't know if everyone knows this. I'm, I'm sure we got a lot of callers that know a lot about football, but there's only 46 guys active for a game. There's 53 active players, but only 46 guys play. And that number might be a little less than that given the injuries. You know, so there's not 53 guys available for game time. And and those numbers switch. That last 45, 45th, and 46th guy on the roster, that changes week to week. My When I first started playing my first game, I was like the 46th guy. But before that, I was number 53 for the first two games. I was inactive. I was a healthy scratch, but I was young. Yeah. And we had seven or eight linebackers when I was in New Orleans. And then one of them went down. All of a sudden, I get elevated to the 46th guy. But I was right on that bubble, (laughs) you know, right on that bubble. And it depended basically how I did on special teams, you know, because, yes, I was a a suitable backup, but they didn't trust me yet to play defense yet. I was young. I was undrafted. I was coming off an injury. I knew the playbook. But knowing the playbook in the meeting room is different than going out there on the field. You know, so you got to build that trust. And that's a, a lot A lot of times it's done through special teams, especially with the lower draft picks, guys like myself who was undrafted, or even high draft picks that may not get the defense as smoothly as they would want them to, but or offense as well. They play special teams and kind of earn that trust through special teams, and then all of a sudden they end up playing at the end of the year. Well, because once they see that you're reliable, they can all of a sudden increase your usage across the board. And I'm sure there were situations where you said – the linebacker was hurt one week ahead of you, but then the following week they had injuries to the wide receiver position and they're right. going to look elsewhere. Yep, and that's, and that's the, the thing. That's the thing about the rosters. The rosters are so crazy because you could have an injury at wide receiver, then all of a sudden they bring in a linebacker. He's like, what sense does that make? It depends on what they want to do. Special teams has a huge factor into that, especially if it's not a starter. If it's not a starter, well, even if it's a starter, sure, it could yeah. be a starter because they'll elevate one of these guys Maybe they have an extra wide receiver in that room that they that they got playing special teams and they want to do more at linebacker for possibly special teams or possibly just to show up the linebacker position. So it's it's so crazy when stuff happens in the league because it's like, like I said, somebody will go down on offense, all of a sudden they bring in somebody from defense. It's like, how does that make sense? But that's the thing, guys. Sometimes the NFL don't make no sense. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and strategies involved, to mm-hmm. your point, because it may be the opponent. That they're facing yeah, this and, coming week. And they need an additional linebacker yep. for that game, and they can afford to sacrifice a wide receiver. I remember, actually, this was probably your year when you were on the team. Leon Hall, right? Yes, He was Leon a teammate Hall. of yours, okay, from the Bengals. And and correct me if I'm wrong, there were games I remember where he was a healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. And Leon Hall was a solid player yes, that year was. for you guys, but he didn't play special teams. Right. And the weeks where they needed... He was in year 11 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, that. he was a mm-hmm. seasoned yep. veteran pro, but they would call up somebody that had a little bit more experience on special teams. So in that 2016 season, sometimes late in the year, he'd be like, well, why is Leon Hall not playing? A healthy scratch. It wasn't necessarily bad play. It was just... He's not a special teams contributor. Yep, that's that's so funny too. And now I'm thinking about my rookie year when Chase Daniels was the backup, backup. So he was a backup to Drew Brees, who was the backup. I mean, he was a backup to Mark Brunel, who was the backup to Drew Brees. Third stringer, yeah. And Chase Daniels, he'll be like on the team and not on the team, like week to week. <laughs> it was crazy. Now we yeah. know Chase Daniels as the like the all time backup yes. in the NFL, but he was on that third quarterback, on and off the roster, any given week type of deal, you know, and then. You stick to it, man. Hey. You stick to it. You What's know, that? you you believe in what you can do, you know, on the field. And, you know, this goes out to all the young football players out there. Look, being on a practice squad or, you know, uh, that active, inactive roster spot, man, all we ever wanted as young kids playing football was an opportunity to play in the NFL. That's all we wanted. If you stick to it, man, and believe in yourself and believe in what you do, stuff will happen. You know, I mean, you got to have some things happen in your favor, a little luck be on your side with injuries and stuff like that. But, like, I, I look at Chase Daniels, man, and he was a third-string quarterback, and you know, early. And he was a really good college quarterback when he was at Missouri. Really good college quarterback. Sure. Heisman candidate, if I'm not mistaken. And all of a sudden, he's on the bench. Not even on the team some weeks, you know. He stuck to it. Now he's probably the highest-paid backup of all time in NFL history. You know, and that's a safe position being a backup quarterback in the NFL. That's a really good position to be at. It's a nice luxury. Well, Chase Daniel, he's now with the Chargers, of course, backing up Justin Herbert. But just to give you an idea, and remember that one year where the Eagles threw a lot of money? They signed him. On like play? 20 yep, mil, right? 2016. So he's been with 09, undrafted out of Missouri. He's been with Washington, the, the Saints, Saints mm-hmm. the Chiefs, 
the Eagles, the Saints again, the Bears, the Lions, and then he joined the Chargers in 2021. So he's been with them the last two years. And you have me interested in terms of that contract. Trying to find it. Trying to find it. I'm bringing up his bio. I never thought we'd get to the the Chase Daniel bio on a giant That's my guy. I saw him him out in L.A. a few, (laughs) like maybe two years ago. I saw him. And I was like, hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? He was like, man, trying to figure out a way to steal some more money. (laughs) I thought that was so great. Because it's like at the end of the day, bro, like you got to be happy where you're at. You know what I mean? You got to be happy where you're at. Because at the end of the day, Chase Daniels is a good quarterback. First of all, if you're in the NFL, you're a good player. Possibly a great player. You know, like you're good. Chase Daniels is good. He was great in college. He's a good backup in the league. And I've never seen him get in a game and be terrible. You know, he's always, you know, kind of did what he needed to do sure. to survive in the game. He's not been a starter too many times in his career. I don't know how many games has he started, but I'm pretty sure I count it on one hand. Yeah, it's not And a he's high in volume. my year, so he's in year 14, if I'm not mistaken, going into this next year. So he's been in the league for a long time. But, hey, I told Davis Webb, hey. Five starts. Five starts. Out yeah, of I got games. Five. Yeah, so, so you just I, need one hand. And I told Davis Webb, too, man, if you can get into that top 64 of quarterbacks in the world – Maybe not top 32, because that's the starters. If you can get to that top 64, and you could be one of the 33 to 64, hey. oh, man, that is a great job to have in this world. Absolutely. No, there's nothing. You have no responsibility besides to go out to practice. You have, like, they can't blame you for anything. You know, you could throw <laughs> picks to your defense on scout team, make them feel good. Like, you know, it's a great job to have. No, your risk of injury is, like, very, very, very low. Because you're not getting touched, and the quarterbacks don't get touched in practice. Not in practice. You, the quarterbacks only Those get hit in games. red jerseys. Yeah, yeah, they only get hit in games. And, 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 you know, the second string, he might get pulled on a little bit by a starting DN. But all the coaches be like, hey, guys, stay away from the quarterback. They, they protect sure. the quarterback. Let me tell you something. My daughter, I told her, she went to play football. I said, the only position that you can play is quarterback. Because that's the only position that they really protect. You know what I'm saying? And she got a little bit of arm, too, though. Well, there you go. See? So... <laughs> You appease all different facets of the game. Three-year, $21 million deal with the Eagles in 2016. A little bit of a bold prediction. How about Chase Daniel reunites with Sean Payton to back up Russell Wilson in Denver? Oh, he I, could extend his yeah, career. Definitely. Right? He knows that offense. Definitely. And, Possible. And, and, and he's a guy, like I said, he's a pro's pro. He understands kind of where he fits at in the league. You know, And if he gets asked to start, he'll do it. If he asks to be a backup, he'll do it. And at this point, he don't need no more money. He's fine. Oh, something tells me he's okay. <laughs> he's but I don't know. Okay. If you talk to him again tomorrow, ask him. he may tell you. you talk to Sean? What's up, man? <laughs> hey, I'd get on the phone right now right. and talk to Sean. If he wants, let let him know. I will be more right. than happy to represent right. him. Okay? I will start and ignite those negotiations. Take a little piece negotiations. of that, little change. Yes, sure. You up. know, I'll be looking out for Chase. Don't worry. <laughs> be more than happy to assist. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. Lance Meadow, Jonathan Cassie is with you here. Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. A few reminders before we open up the phone lines. Make sure you go subscribe to the Giants Huddle podcast. We'll have interviews all offseason on various different topics. Giants fans, take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. And the Giants official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV, it's free. It's on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, as well as the Giants mobile app. All right, let's open up the lines. 201-939-4513. Cliff is in New York. He gets us going here on Thursday's edition of BBKL. What's happening, Cliff? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for the rundown. Uh, I hope uh, it's just me that had internet trouble uh, in the early part of the broadcast. I hope everything's fine on your end. Um, yeah, we've been here I, alive uh, and well and talking. So yeah, you sound great. Yeah, you, yeah sound well, clear. You, were, you, you were you were going in and out on my little computer, which is more likely me than you. Oh, you anyway, got to pay that internet yes, bill, am. Cliff. <laughs> got to stay on top of those internet bills. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I got a couple of things. Uh, first. Uh, I'm still stuck on Joe Shane's press conference um, two days after the lousy defeat uh, that ended the season and, and uh, the, the intensity that he had about the gap in the division, you know, might have had a lot to do with just being less than 48 hours out from that, that bad defeat. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm bracing myself for major changes. I, I don't think he's going to 
I, I don't think I should expect. Uh, I'm, I feel great about my team in the year that we had, and I don't expect him to think that that he's got any that the team has any laurels that it can rest on with the gap that exists uh, in the trenches in particular, and uh, that uh, I'm wondering if that means that he might even put into play um, in his assets, not just having draft picks, but having guys on rookie year contracts that he might find uh, appealing trade partners with to get more draft assets? That's my first question, if you know what I mean. Well, when you say Uh, that, uh, you're talking about players on other teams on current rookie contracts, if I understand you correctly, and trading picks for those players? I'm talking about hours first. I'm talking about hours first as being in play. Meaning to Uh, ship them out of town, you're talking about. Yes. Like Kadarius yes. Tony type of situation. Yeah, that would yes. be a good example. Yeah. It's possible. Yes. And yeah, I mean it depends. I just think that it depends. Might be in play. Well, I, I think Cliff. It goes back to remember Joe Shane. If he's not tied to the player, for example, he wasn't tied to Kadarius Tony. He didn't draft him. It's possible. You know, maybe he says, "Okay, there's value here, but I don't know if he's a building block for us." And you look to move him. And remember, he's not tied to a bulk of the roster yeah, it's yet. Seventy like percent of the roster, Correct. That he's not tied to. So yeah. therefore, there may be a little bit more leeway and flexibility compared to an executive who's more invested, Jonathan, yeah. in a lot of the players that they drafted over the course of a few years. Yeah, and then I also, yeah, I'm thinking, also think that he got a lot of uh, younger guys playing last year, so he kind of know what they got. So, look, I'm not saying that you know Cliff, you're you're you know shooting for stars, but that could happen. You know, I think it happened this year when everybody thought the Giants were going to bring in a wide receiver. You know, I know that we brought in Isaiah Hodgins, but everybody thought it was going to be some type of free agency big signing right before the free agency hit. And the only thing the Giants did was you know get rid of basically Kadarius Tony and gain some stock cap- uh, some draft capital. You know, and that's always a good thing to do, too. So that's definitely up in the air. You know, I think Joe Shane is going to do whatever he can do, anything that he sees fit to go ahead and make this team a better team and catch our roster up to the guys down 95 in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I really think he's going to not be shy about the guys that he's already got, even if he likes them, even if he thinks they could be pieces that to build from, if he can get something for them. Um, you know, two two players in effect, you know, a, a player and a pick or two picks, high picks, something like that. I, I can see that in terms of what I get from him, his sense of how far we, we still have to go, even though we had a really nice well, season. Well, Cliff, and a nice also record. keep in mind, he does have 11 picks he could potentially have, depending on the compensatory pick. So it's not as if he doesn't have a lot at his disposal this offseason. See, I think the mindset that you're talking about is if they came in, they only had six picks. I could see Joe Shane wanting to do everything in his power to add more picks. They're not in that position. So I don't know if the urgency is, hey, let me get rid of a player to bring in a pick, especially since, in fairness, I don't see anybody on this roster other than if you're going to trade away some of your premier guys that you're going to get like a first or a second round right. pick. Oh, yeah, right. right? So, right. I mean, if we're talking about a fourth or a fifth rounder, Jonathan, is it really worth parting we, ways with Giants somebody? have a couple picks back there on the, on the back exactly. half of the draft. So, yep. yeah, I don't really see too yeah. much of that stuff happening. But, look, like I said earlier, the Giants do a tremendous job, I feel like, which I don't think this is, you know, universal throughout the league. They do a good job of developing players. You know, and once you have a guy here and they're comfortable here, when I say comfortable, like they're here, they're at home, their family's here, you know what I'm saying? Like they want to stay here. They want to play for this team, you know, and the, the, the Giants have a winning organization now. They're back in the winning column, you know. So that's something that I feel like is very, uh, uh, you know, attractive to uh, free agents, you know. And the Giants can go ahead and figure out a guy who might be tied into a contract, maybe on that rookie deal like you're talking about, Cliff, and then go ahead and try to maybe give one of those draft picks away or two of those draft picks away for a premier free agent or premier uh, guy in the league right now that maybe is unhappy in this situation. What else do you have? More like more Yeah, go ahead. Are you there? Yeah, go ahead. I'm thinking not so much trading for more picks. I, I know he's got a good number already. I'm thinking more guys like Hodgins, you know, that were – wasn't Hodgins under a rookie contract with Buffalo? Yeah, but still? Hodgins was waived, though. See, I, I think that's more oh, practical. Yeah, Hodgins oh, – Oh, bad example because he was trade. waived. Correct. Forget that. Well, forget, yeah. forget that example. But there, uh, Joe Shane went out and found guys on other teams' rosters that he was familiar with and brought them in, and, he, and some of them were young guys. And and um, whether they were free agents or not, uh, I would see him maybe considering giving up somebody that he likes because he 
you know, to 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 get uh, to build up more pos- positions where where he really needs the most help, which I think is both lines, uh, so that he would consider consider even somebody like X, because uh, if he could really get a, a a young player for for the defensive line or the offensive line rotations, that's really a uh, has a chance to be a premier player. You know, I, I would cons- I would see him considering something like that. Which X we talking about? I'm talking about Xavier, Xavier McKinney. McKinney. Oh, yeah. No. Oh no. 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 Too no, much no. of a foundation there. Yeah, I don't. What you think, Lance? I don't. Yeah, think so. I don't see them yeah, trying I don't to see move them him. Trying to get him. He's too good. Correct. Yeah. Remember, here's the problem with. The Giants in previous years, they couldn't find guys like McKinney right. in the draft. Yeah. So when you get a player like McKinney, and Cliff, we'll let you go on that note. Appreciate the phone call. You don't want to then all of a sudden part ways because, Jonathan, now you're going back to square one. You have to find a guy like that. Yeah, it That's took not, you long enough yeah, to find him. It's not easy Now to find you want to like part ways with him? I, I don't love that thinking. He's the best DB that the Giants sure. have on the roster right now, even with the hand. I mean, of course, his hand's going to be fine next year. Sure. But he's a tremendous player. He can go sideline to sideline from the middle of the field. That's very difficult to do. That's a lot of yards. It's 53 <laughs> and a half yards sure. from, from sideline to sideline, and he can do that. He can do that on a consistent basis, you know? And I feel like he's very smart. He's a leader, and he's a captain of the team, you know? And I don't think this team is going to get rid of captains like Gettleman did. Gettleman got rid of captains, a lot of captains. Well, and also they're trying to go in the direction of, and this is where I slightly disagree with the last caller, the problem with the Giants has been they drafted players and then how many first-round picks, while even you were here, got second contracts, right, Jonathan? That was the biggest issue. So now you're getting to the point where – the Dexter Lawrences of the world, the Daniel Joneses of the world, the Xavier McKinneys, they're warranting second contract. Right. That's what you want to build. Yes. That's how you want to put this roster together. You don't want to do the opposite. Yeah. You don't want to develop them, right? You just talked about the development. Develop them for somebody else? Right. To reap the rewards, <laughs> right? We'll borrow them for three or four years. Then good, you have them <laughs> somebody when they hit their prime. Their prime right? Yeah, I, I no don't way. think that that's a practical game plan. Yeah, not that X. Maybe the other X, you know. Uh, oh, Shane Zimenez. Zimenez, you know. But, yeah. And I like him a lot, too. Sure. But he's not on. I feel like he's not on the top eleven when you talk about defensively. I don't think he's on that top eleven. He's on that, you know, special teams guy. You know, third or fourth linebacker kind of rotating in. You know, but Xavier McKinney's a stalwart on this team. He's yeah. a stalwart. He's one of the better safeties in the NFL. When he's fully healthy, he's going to have a lot of a lot of tackles and a lot of interceptions. And I think that's going to be this year when he has a healthy season. And the caller was bringing up the fact that the Buffalo Bills they have some familiarity obviously with the Giants and Joe Shane and Brian Dable and that's why Shane was bringing in some of those guys but if you look at Jonathan the players that have a connection to Buffalo all of them were waivers and free agents they didn't trade for anybody like Nick McLeod for example Tyrod Taylor too Taylor John Feliciano Mm -hmm. came over as a free agent I know we're mentioning some polished veterans these are not all young guys but there's really no example where Joe Shane said, I'm going to give up assets right. to bring in somebody who I had familiarity with. Now, is it possible with more picks under his belt, he feels he can make a move? I wouldn't rule that out, but I think they're very good at identifying low-risk, high-reward type of deals with players that they may have some history with. Yeah, and I, like I said, they did a great job at that this year. I think Joe Shane did a tremendous job at bringing in guys not only before the season, but in the middle of the season. Isaiah Hodgins got brought in in November? Is that November when he got brought yeah, in? Yeah, maybe late October. It was late right October, around but it wasn't, after the bye. It wasn't yeah. the beginning of the season. It no, was right in the all. middle no, of the season, no, no. right in the thick of it. And he came in, and he played very, very well. You know, surprisingly. And, you know, I think a couple guys like that here and there, you know. And and that's why I think I talked about it last week with Lance about, about uh, uh, Joe Shane's job. Like, he has, the, I think, the hardest job like out of everybody in this organization. He has the hardest job. He works the most, probably, out of anybody. He has to pay attention to everything, not only players but coaches, staff. Like, you got to pay attention to so many different things. He's looking at college guys. He's looking at guys on other teams. He literally has to know every single person in the league to see if anybody's available because at the end of the day, you want to do the best for your organization, and that means getting in the guys that you feel like can help you. And that's all over throughout the league. There's 31 other teams in the NFL, and I'm pretty sure Joe Shane knows every single player on the team, on, well, the, on the league. Because to your point, guys are waved left and right, and Absolutely. you want to have some knowledge. Idea of who correct, they are, you know, because they fast, too. It goes quick. You know, somebody hits the streets, you know, somebody else has their eye on them and actually knows them and have a previous relationship with this guy. All of a sudden, they're calling. 
But if you know the guy, you'd be like, hey, this is a valuable guy. He might have been on the list, might have not been on the list, but I know this guy, he can help us. And you bring him in. Joe Shane said he's going to have one day off in February. <laughs> one day off. Well, at least until the draft comes. Yeah, he's not going to get much breathing room. Because for him, right, especially with the team going to the playoffs, you were thinking about the roster all the way up through mm-hmm. mid-January. Yep. Then it ends, and now the senior poll is here this week. Right. And then Quick. the combine. Quick. And then you're going to get your board in order and the draft. So, yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that he's only taking a day Yeah, off. I'm good on being yeah. a GM. Don't <laughs> ask me. Not that I'm asked, but don't ask me. Yes. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. No, you're fine in the broadcasting I'm fine. aspect now. Yes, you've made the nice transition. All right, let's head back to the lines. Randy is in California joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Randy? Randy going one? Hello? Yes, Randy, what's happening? Hello? Yes. Uh, no, this is, this is Mike from Virginia. It's Mike, but, um, okay. What's up, Mike? What's yeah. happening, Mike? <laughs> no problem. What's up, fellas? Real quick, um, everybody knows the situation we had with our receivers. Um, with the the injuries that we had with Shep, Robinson, and Colin Johnson. Uh, everybody was, you know, um, y'all saw what was going on. We, I, I did not. I live in VA. But um situation with Colin Johnson where he was somebody that everybody was raving about. So my question is, with those three guys being healthy, do you think that would have changed the offense in a significant way, and if not, who is out of all of our receivers probably the odd man out? And I appreciate y'all taking my call. Well, j- just so we're on the same page, which three are we talking about? You mentioned Colin Johnson who was hurt right before the season. Wondell Robinson, Wondell right, Robinson Col- and Isaiah. Hodges. Robinson, and Isaiah th- and, so those three and, we're talking about. So you're, you're asking, but, but as a whole, just as, as a collective, whole, like, yeah. I mean, we, ha- we we have we have Slayton. We know what Slayton can do. Hodgins, we saw what Hodgins can do. Um, Richie James, so just all of our receivers. Now we add the other three that were injured, right? Now, who's basically the odd man out, and do we possibly have a true number one on the team that may have been injured? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Sure. No, I, I get what you're saying, and we'll let you go right. on on that note, Mike. Appreciate the phone call. I, I don't think the Giants have a number one receiver on this roster. I don't think so, you know, uh, and even Sterling, maybe Sterling in his prime was possibly a number one, possibly, but he was really a number two, especially to Odell, right? And then you look at, you know, who played this year for the Giants, you know, and I like I like Slayton. I feel like he wasn't consistent this year. I feel like the guy, the guy that we thought he was, as in the guy that can go up and win those 50-50 balls, I don't feel like it was 50-50 with him. I think he was on the lower end side of that 50-50 number, you know, and if I got to look at anybody, and I hate doing this, but he asked the question. I think Slayton might be the guy that played this year that might be the odd man out because he only had a one-year deal, right? Yeah, well, and also took a pay cut at the beginning of the season as a result. But remember, Colin Johnson's still a question mark. I mean, we haven't seen him on the field in quite some time. That's why I said the guys that played this year because I can't talk about Wondell Robinson and none of the guys that didn't play. I can talk about Isaiah Hodgins because I haven't seen... I don't watch guys in college too much. You know what I mean? I don't watch college football, so I have no idea what the kid's capable of doing. Not one bit. You know, so I can't really talk about, that's why I said the guys that play this year. And I think we all know Kenny Galladay is probably going to be out too, you know, given the number that he's going to hit the Giants with. I don't know how that's going to work with them getting rid of that number, you know, because he's under contract. Sure. So I don't know how that's going to work, but I well, don't see him on how much getting paid money. $18 million he's due in 2023. I don't see that happening this year. You know, so I think Slayton and then Kenny Galladay. 
Well, and Slayton is a free agent, so you don't even really have to right. make a decision anything, from that right. standpoint. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about financials. I think if the question is who's in the game plan moving forward, I think it's safe to say that Isaiah Hodgins has solidified a spot. Yep. And as an exclusive restricted free agent, the chances of them losing him are very slim. And Wandell Robinson, because you drafted him, he showed some nice flashes yep. before he got hurt. I think those two guys probably feel good about their outlook. As far as anybody else currently on the roster, I wouldn't pen anyone in. Jonathan, I think there's In the receiver room? Yeah. Yeah. If we're we're looking ahead at 2023, I would not pen in anybody else. I think there's room for a few guys to be drafted and come in. To your point, maybe they bring in a free agent if they part ways with somebody on the roster. And then a Colin Johnson, a Richie James, a Darius Slayton, if they feel like the money's right and they bring one of them back to compete for a sixth spot or something like that, depending on how many receivers. Sure, I could see that. But I would say Wondell Robinson and Isaiah Hodgins. Those are the two guys that should feel good about their position on this roster. Yeah, and I feel like the Giants have enough uh, draft capital that they can upgrade basically every position. Not only draft capital to beat to draft, but also do some damage in free agency. Maybe grab one of those guys. I think I mentioned T. Higgins last time. I, I know we can't talk about it too much. Well, T. But, Higgins, but the thing is, T. Higgins is not a free agent, though. I know, but yeah. remember, uh, A.J. Brown wasn't either. Sure, so well, Tyreek Hill wasn't trade. either. That's so what I'm saying. It would have to be a trade. Yeah, a trade. Yeah. I said yeah. free agency, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, something like that where you see a guy who knows that he's not going to get paid. He's not going to get paid up in up, up, up in uh, um, uh, Cincinnati. Well, you're talking about with all the wide receivers? Yeah, with Jamar yeah. Chase, and they got to do Burrow soon. You know what I'm saying? They, they Burrow, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Burrow, Burrow will eventually yeah. But like what I'm saying, somebody yeah. like that who, you know, may not be at the top of anybody's mind, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, Joe Shane does his magic and gets a guy like that. You know, because I think that's, I think, you know, when we talked about this before, my my think, my thought process for the, the Giants' priorities is, number one, you have to get Daniel Jones squared away. Right, that's number one. Number two, you have to get that wide receiver. The way the NFL is right now, you got to have a number one target to go to in the passing game. The Kansas City Chiefs have the tight end to do that, who runs routes better than probably most of the receivers in the NFL. And he had 14 catches not too long ago in a playoff game. He's the guy who scored four touchdowns this year in one game. That's the type of person they got. We don't have anybody like that. We don't have anybody like that on the roster in any position. You know, Saquon's close to that, but he plays running back. He doesn't play wide receiver, even though he probably could play wide receiver, right? The Giants need that guy, and I think you do that, and I feel like priority-wise, that's even higher than signing Saquon. You know, and then after that, for me, it's depth. You need quality players all throughout the roster. Like, if you look at the Eagles, they have Pro Bowl players at a lot of positions, and they have a really good backup to back them up. And on defensive line, they basically got seven Pro Bowlers on the defensive line. You know, and how do you compete with that? You got to add depth because injuries will happen. It's not if they happen. They're going to happen. Your star players will get hurt. That's just what happens in the NFL. You got to have quality guys coming in that back them up. You got to. And that's depth. Yeah. Well, the Eagles, though, they developed those guys through the draft, though. Yes. That's how they got that. But depth. they got a couple free agents, they too. Did, Hassan Reddick, and they got bought in. Um, no, um, Reddick was uh, the free agent, but you know, Linville Joseph, yeah. Sue. But those are guys sort of on the back end of their but career. But they like had great years this year. No, no, absolutely. But I agree There's with no you with the draft. Them. They did great in draft. Correct. Yeah, so, so that's why I think if you're the Giants, and I'm with you in terms of getting that elite playmaker in the passing attack, but... I think you can get a number one wide receiver in the draft. I think so, too. I don't think yes, I think so, too. So I don't think you have to go out. Because here's the thing about the T. Higgins situation, if we use that as a hypothetical, not only do you have to acquire a player like that, you got to give up some stuff. You then have to give him a new contract. Right. So like A.J. Brown. <laughs> big contract. Well, big, well yeah, your, your eyes are lighting up <laughs> yeah, as a former sure. player. No, but with the A.J. Brown situation, and listen, every GM knows how to work their magic, but they gave up picks, and then they had to give a him big a deal. deal. Big deal. So, you know, that's a lot yeah, for one player, regardless of what that player gives you. So I think if you can circumvent that, navigate that, going through the draft, that's what I would look for, especially where the Giants are in terms of managing their cap. Yeah. See, I, the Eagles are in a different position. Oh, 100%. Than where the Giants yeah, yeah, 100%. were when they made that deal. Yeah, so. 100%. I, I agree. And then if you look at five years ago when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, like they were good five years ago. You know, they were, they were a Super Bowl-winning team five years ago. So you look at the history of the Giants over the last 10 years, only one winning season. Yep. Only one. You know, so that has a lot to do with, you know, draft and stuff like that. Approach, and, strategy. And then also yeah. the guys that you keep, you know what I mean? And then, I mean, to say that the Eagles are better than the Giants is not – like, I'm not lying when I say that. I'm not making stuff up. They have been superior to the Giants for a decade. 
for a decade. The Giants have not won in Philly in a very, very long time. And they barely win when the Philly when the Philadelphia Eagles play here. You don't have to look outside of the division to see where the Giants need to get to. You look right at the Philadelphia Eagles. It's an hour and a half away down 95, down the turnpike. You know, nobody likes going over there. But look, <laughs> that's a good place to look at to see where the Giants need to get at. Because if we can't get out division, you can't do anything. You know, and Giants were lucky this year that other divisions were bad. Yeah, it was a down year for the NFC South specifically. I mean, they had yeah. what was uh, the the Bucks eight and nine? Eight and nine, yeah. Sub they 500. had a sub five hundred record. It's not going to happen too many years, guys. Well, even the NFC West, I would argue, right? A hundred percent. Look at the Rams; they uh, fell off a cliff. The Cardinals. So many teams who they were projected to be over five hundred were under five hundred, and the Giants were projected to be under five hundred. They were over five hundred. You know, they had a you know luxury of playing the AFC South and other other divisions. You know that maybe they weren't as strong you know but it's not going to be like that year in and year oh, that's out that's a great point you know and the giants need to compete in a division last year they went one four and one in a division and that won five and one if you horrible the playoffs. right into the playoffs yeah. that is horrible that is not good the giants can't do that again the giants had a great year this year there was a little bit of luck involved a little bit of circumstance involved this year of course injuries didn't help them out but they got guys healthy at the end of the year that played very well for them. Xavier McKinney came back. Uh, Adore Jackson came back at the end of the year. But, like, at the end of the day, you got to be competitive in your division. That is number one. When they talk about team goals, it's always win your division. It's always number one. It's always number one in every single locker room. It's win your division because that gets you the ticket to the dance. That gets you the ticket to the dance. When you win your division, you get a ticket to the dance. And if the Giants can't win a division, you cannot guarantee a playoff spot. That's just facts. Well, you'll just be practicing your dance moves from the side. That's, that's essentially, <laughs> to use your analogy, yeah. that's essentially what will be happening. Yeah, you control your own destiny if you win the division, and you don't have to worry about assistance, and that's why that's key. And that's been a challenge for the Giants even outside of this season. But now you know between the Eagles and the Cowboys, it's no picnic. And Washington, I wouldn't sleep on They're either. They play too highly yep. contested. They get a quarterback over teams. in Washington. They'll, they'll be scared because they have the wide receivers on the outside. They love to run the football. Ball, no matter what time of the game it is, and they have two stalwart D tackles, and they got some young guys along the defensive line, but they got the good building blocks over there, which I feel like the Giants need to kind of catch up to them in terms of building blocks. Sure. They just kind of, you know, let it go down their leg at the end of the season. But it was a time in the season where they won six out of seven games, the Commanders. Don't sleep on them. We don't talk about them a lot. We talk about the, the guys down 95. We talk about the guys in Texas. We don't talk about the guys in D.C. too much. You know, but they're very strong too. This was the NFC beast, right? They call it sure. NFC yeah. beast for a reason. These teams were good this year, comparatively so too. When you look at the other division, because Ten Bay Buccaneers, they weren't as good as any team in the NFC East. That's what I think. No, I'm completely with you. Well, we almost had four teams in one division right. make the playoffs, so I think that tells it all. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the telephone number. Let's head back to the lines. Len is in Maryland. He joins us. What's happening, Len? Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, right. What's on your mind? Good, good, good. Um, quick point to Jonathan. A um, couple of weeks ago, Jonathan, you said you were doing a charity event with Jay Alfred. Mm-hmm. Man, one of the all-time great sacks in Giants history on, on uh, Brady in that Super Bowl from Jay Alfred. If you see Jay, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad he's around, and I'm glad he's involved with some things that the Giants are doing. If you see Jay, Jonathan, tell him the fans won't forget that sack ever. I, I will definitely do that. Jay actually does. Um, he's like an equipment checker. Like he's up in the oh. stadium at all games. I see him at wow. all the home games, and he's checking equipment to make sure guys are like compliant. <laughs> Good so for he's him. he's over there making sure guys he's Good like checking guys like hey you know pull your socks up pull your socks down you got to pull your, you know cover your kneecaps up he's yeah. he's preventing guys from getting fined because yeah. I went up to him and I grabbed him I said bro you over here messing with guys you finding guys he said no I'm the one helping them yeah, out man, so Jay's a, still helping the Giants out believe it or not yeah Lance will probably remember this better than I do but I I don't know if that was the next or the last play uh, Lance uh, you know before the long pass down the sidelines. Uh, but man, that was a man. That was a big time sack. Thank him for that. Tell him we won't forget. Definitely. Um, Lance will be surprised at this. I really don't have too much to say. I'm. I'm. Well, it was good talking with you, Lance. We'll let you go on that note. <laughs> I'm processing. I'm. I'm processing the suddenness of the end of the season. I, I, I mean, a playoff loss. You know, 24 hours later, you, 
it's not next week. It's seven months down the road to the yeah. next game. I just, it just did not end on a uh, on a good note. I'm frustrated by that. I thought we'd do a little better in that game. But hey, listen, I'm optimistic, and you guys have been talking that way today. I, I think we're at a point now. This is this is the best, you know, core of players. Eight eight to ten players. I think we've had in, in really in the last seven or eight years. Um, and, and I think the team is at a point now when we're, we're out of the doldrums of being one of those teams where you start thinking about you've got to get worse before you can get better. You know, mm. you've got to break it all down. You, you know, we're not there. Lynn, can I ask I don't you, think I ask we you have one to... question, Lynn, real quick? Yeah. Now, you know the other team that made it to the championship weekend in the NFC was the San Francisco 49ers, right? Right. Do you think they're tremendously talented and they have basically a really good roster? Yes, I do. Yeah. My question is to you: Who would you rather be, New York Giants or the San Francisco Forty ers right now, today? Well, you know, I, I'll take that roster. <laughs> yeah, but the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to play quarterback for you? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. There you go. So you see what yeah, I'm saying? So it's like were, there's negatives yeah. and positives. Like, because yes, they can yeah. say they had a great season yeah. because they made it to the championship round, and they probably lost. To I think the Super yeah. Bowl, oh, Super yeah. Bowl champion. Yeah, can, I think the Philadelphia Eagles going to win the Super Bowl. That's what I think. Yeah. I know yeah. you guys don't like that, but yeah, I'm a realist, and they're just yeah, so I talented. And Jalen Hurts is playing lights out. So they're yeah, going basically listen. they lost to the Super Bowl champion team, which is not bad to look upon. But they also lost four quarterbacks. Oh they yeah, got four quarterbacks hurt this year. Yeah, their starter, yeah. their 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 old starter, their new guy who was seven and zero. Oh my god! And then he gets knocked out. He has a really serious elbow injury UCLA. to the throwing yeah, yeah, arm. Hard to imagine. And then hard Josh to... Johnson, who played on twenty eight teams, he got knocked out the game too. <laughs> yeah, like who would you Actually, rather be? Actually, it's twenty nine, not twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> who would you rather be? I would rather be the New York Giants. Well, but yeah. Shanahan's won with all of those guys. This though, is too. true. You gotta give him credit, Jonathan. So <laughs> insert quarterback. Yeah, I mean here. the guy he's found <laughs> yeah. the magic potion. So you gotta give him credit yeah. from that standpoint. Hey, just hey, hey, just one final quick point. Getting and getting back to the to the Giants. You know, we got a front office with a plan. We got a coaching staff that seems to be able to develop players and come up with a pathway to victory from week to week. Uh, you know, given the way you know Dable handled everything, uh, a solid core of players. You know, those eight to ten guys. Um, hey, the window is opening. The window of opportunity is there. I feel really good, you know, coming out of this season, going into next season. I, I think it could be. I know Lance doesn't like this. I know it's a year-to-year league, Lance, but let me get away with this one today. I, th- I think the next three to four years could be really nice for the New York football giants. All right, I'm going to leave it at, I'm going to leave it at that for today. Hey, you guys are doing a great job. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Lamb. Appreciate the phone call. Well, my point is always, and you know this, we're playing the game for so long. You've seen teams, right? They went four in a row to end one season, and the following season, everything's different because the roster turned over. Yeah, the foundational pieces are there. I don't think there's any doubt about it, but it goes back to some of the things you and I talked about over the course of the show. You have to continue to develop some of the recent draft classes. Daniel Jones, assuming he's back needs to continue to take his game to a new level. And you also want to see them not necessarily walk that fine line of having to win by the chinny-chin-chin every single week because that law of average (laughs) tends to balance out. It's not to say that you should go out and win by 20 points. That's unrealistic, too. But if you're going to walk that tightrope... Every game, 17 weeks in a row. It's tough. It is very tough to walk that line. Yeah, for sure. And, And look... He said, Lance said eight to ten players that they have the core unit. That's what he had given in terms of his ballpark number. The Eagles have double that. Yeah. That's, that's Len, that's, guys, that's where we're facing right now. The Eagles have double that. You know, Boston Scott, who is they call the giant killer, he's not even in that number. He's not even in that number. He's not in that top 20 on the Eagles roster. And he comes in and he, he beats the Giants. Like, that's how talented the Philadelphia Eagles is. That is the benchmark that the Giants have to get to. That is the standard. I don't know if they can possibly get there. I think the culture here is, is very much established. I think the coaching here is probably better than most teams around the NFL, but you have to catch up in talent. You have to, or you won't be competitive. Well, I think, once again, that is worth noting before we wrap up. If the Eagles are more in that 16-20 to 20 ballpark, 
That's where you want to get. If you yes. want to talk about a core, do the math. You have 53 players on the roster. You want to be knocking on the door about 25. I mean, that may be a stretch, but if about half your roster, then you could say we truly have a core. Yes. Eight to 10 is nice, but what happens if you lose three or four of those eight to 10? Right. By which, the time which you get to happened. five weeks, which six, happened. exactly. Right. Now, all of a sudden, eight you to 10 is not five. a very big volume. Correct. So and you have 22 you guys on the field at one time, you know, 11 on yep. one side and one 11 on the other side. That's not a good number right there. That means one, two, or three guys. Your core guys are only playing at at one time, either offense, defense, or special team, which is not good. Numbers in the NFL fluctuate, and I think the Giants learned that the hard way this season due to the injury bug. All right, that is going to wrap up Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. A reminder, today's episode, part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcast. We're going to be up and running again on Friday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, so stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest. For Jonathan Casillas, I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, and we'll speak to you on Friday right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Have a good one. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.